And now for something completely machinima. Hey there, and welcome to And Now for Something Completely Machinima, the podcast about machinima, real-time filmmaking, and other related technologies. I'm joined here. Uh, my name is Phil Rice. Uh, I'm the showrunner for today's episode, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, uh, Ricky Grove. Hello. Tracy Harwood. Good afternoon. And Damian Valentine. Hello there. So we uh, we release episodes every week, um, but we record them monthly, and and so we do we divide our content up into different sections. And today we are going to be discussing some news in the machinima and uh, film or uh, video game related communities. And uh, I guess I'll kick off. Um, my intent today was to to focus on a tantalizing rumor that I had heard that uh, Grand Theft Auto was going to reissue some of its games. And before we even got to get in front of our microphones, uh, Rockstar has confirmed that. They are doing some sort of real, uh, reissuing of the Grand Theft Auto trilogy, which, for those who don't know, that consists of Grand Theft Auto 3, uh, Grand Theft San Andreas, and uh, Vice City. Um, very, very, very popular, very beloved games, really the games that, that kind of put Rockstar on the map. I have a long history with the Grand Theft Auto series, having played every single instance of it since the first, <laughs> which the first two were these top-down scrollers, uh, oh, yeah. very primitive by today's standards, but but enjoyable. And uh, their, their tendency for uh, to build in uh, humor and uh, outrageous situations and and especially humor in in the audio and the radio aspects of it uh, that goes all the way back to their core games well uh, Grand Theft Auto 3 I first played I only played on a PlayStation many many years ago and just loved it so uh, I never actually <laughs> though I watched a lot of machinima made in San Andreas and in Vice City uh, C.J. Ambrosia's uh, PEDS series comes to mind. Uh, I never actually played those games. I never owned them. But but Grand Theft Auto 3, the first where they took it to 3D and you're actually controlling a, a person, uh, I, I played that from start to finish and, and yeah, loved it very yeah. much. Me too. What, what about you guys? Did, do you guys have much history with, uh, with these not, games? Not at all. What do you mean by remastered? What does this mean? I assume that it's something similar to, uh, well, actually, I don't know enough about the new Diablo to know if that's a reissue or if that's a a, a new game. Ricky, you may have to clarify that no, for it's, me because I haven't. It's the it same identical game. It's just that they've updated the graphics oh. and added some things that modders have added on to make the game easier to play. The mechanics okay. of the game easier to play. So yeah, that's that sounds very much like what Rockstar has intended for this trilogy. That there's going to be some graphical improvements, but but largely the the gameplay and the storyline of those titles will will remain the same. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think that there's another game that did something similar. Did did World of Warcraft do do some kind of thing like that where they reissued the game with improved graphics or something like that? Must have did that earlier this year. Yes. Oh, Mass Effect! Of course, yes. that's the yeah. one I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah, so that's a that's a a thing. I don't know. Is that a 
is that a positive trend that developers are doing that or is that some kind of sign that uh, the idea I, bin is a little bit dry what do you think no i think it's a good sign because one of the things it does is it brings in younger and newer players into the game who have only heard it by rumor you know their, their friends say mm -hmm. oh god when i was when i started playing diablo 2 it was this this and this and so they know the game by reputation, but they really want better graphics and a better gameplay experience. And so uh, as I've been playing Diablo 2 Remastered, I've noticed that the community, the younger uh, members of the community are just raving about it. They just love mm. it. And they're That's cool. Yeah. And many of the uh, uh, doyens of uh, the people who do tutorials and stuff are making a beginner's tutorial for people who have never played Diablo, which is very exciting. And they get a long list of comments saying, wow, I never knew it was so much fun and blah, 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 you know? So no, I think it's a good, good sign. Of course, you know, money is at the bottom of it. So they're doing it to make money, but right. I think the positive side fair. of it is, is bringing in new people to the game. Now, my question for you, Phil, is it, and I think it's the m uh, most relevant question for the remaster of GTA, are they going to include an editor in it? That I don't know, and no one's, no one's uh, said that yet. I, I certainly would hope so. Um, I, I mean, obviously, a, a big plus of these is if you make films in the uh, GTA universe, uh, you know, with, with either four or five, the idea of expanding that universe and having new locales, if the look of this is at least comparable to what those newer titles did, um, you know, that could... Uh, that could be very interesting, but I, I don't know that answer yet. Okay. Uh, part of me will, will resent if they do, because it's like, what's up with not doing that for Red Dead Redemption? What the heck is going on? You know? <laughs> yeah. That, How could they that, admit that, that? That bleeding sore for you. You, you just really. <laughs> <laughs> but you still manage to work around not having those tools. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's always been the machinima game, hasn't it? Absolutely. You know, I mean, what what a world we're in now that that it, our complaint is well, they're not including the tools to do that stuff and, and considering where machinima came from yeah it's kind Absolutely. of kind of a strange thing ironic yeah hey i got a question uh, let me for yourself yeah, let ahead. me a quick question there's been a lot of uh, windows 11 is out now and i've been reading that some of the um, benefits of it is for gamers that it uh, makes uh, gaming easier for the platform. Have you heard anything about it? And do you recommend upgrading now or waiting until drivers, better drivers are out for various apps? Yeah, I've heard that same thing. Uh, I've, I've had a, I've had a difficult time getting anyone to pin down exactly what those benefits are. Um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's like when you ask, in an Asimov novel, and you ask a robot a question that's beyond its programming, they kind of just keep repeating the same thing. You know, well, it's better for gaming. Well, in what way? Because it's better, you know, for gaming. It's better. In what way is it better? Because it's for gaming. For, for It's better for gaming. Because Just upgrade. You know, so um, my, my, my general rule is the same as it has been, you know, since... Windows 7 and earlier, and that is uh, not yet. For me personally, I'm not going to 
dive in the first month that it's released because the the first months that a new version of Windows is released is when all the bugs get discovered by people actually using it. Yeah, uh, I'd rather not be part of that. Uh, uh, I'd rather not be that guinea pig. So I like Good. to kind of just sit back and watch and the, you know watch watch the city burn, and uh, and, and then later on I go to the ashes and yeah. So that was exactly I'll probably be taking a fresh look at it sometime around the first of the year when it's yeah. when it's been in service for a few months. Um, exactly what I was thinking for yeah. Windows 11 as well. I don't want to touch it until the city's burnt down. Yeah. I'm optimistic about it. I think I think that that it's largely appears to be about optimization and which is going to translate to better performance for anything you do in it. But I think that it being a new version, yeah, there's going to be there's some risk there. So if you've One got a spare machine and want to do it, it'd be fun. But uh, sure. I'm not even doing that at this point. One ominous thing I uh, read in a really good Engadget uh, video essay on it, the guy was, he, he is like you and I, he makes his own computers from scratch. And he said, if you're a person who's make, who, who assembles your own computers, you're going to have to do some tweaking because there are all sorts of security issues that you're going to have to go into the BIOS to fix in order to wow. upgrade your Windows 11. That sounds oh, funny. Yeah. Sounds too much trouble to me. Yeah. One of my yeah. friends tried to install it the other day, and he um, got to the installation thing. It said that his processor wasn't supported by the new security updates. Right. Right. And it did something to the BIOS settings, which so he then had to go back and go through the BIOS to switch it back. And of course, yeah. he can't upgrade to Windows 11, and he's a bit irritated by that because he wanted to to give it a try. Um, wow. So he had a bit of hassle getting it back to just being able to run it windows 10 so you have to be careful if you're running some older hardware yeah well i think that's um those are the bugs that uh, uh phil was talking about yeah all of that stuff's going to come out the first week and uh they need to um get that sorted out so somewhere around january february is when you should look to uh, upgrade yeah. 2023, having, right? having surveyed the field, 2023 is right. <laughs> yeah, the interesting thing about this one is um, the fact that, I, I, if I understand it right, for existing Windows 10 users, it's going to just get offered up as a, oh, here you go, here, you know, you, you can upgrade for free. Um, that's going to translate to some interesting things for people who don't know. Uh, you know, whether or not their computer is compatible and they just see the update. Oh, I'll do that. Uh, but as someone who works in the industry of, of helping people with computer problems, I can't say that I'm upset about that. <laughs> but that's, that's maybe a little bit selfish. You know, yeah. Microsoft is, is uh, making available an app, free app that you can download to see whether your system is, your hardware uh, uh, collection is uh, uh, ready for the upgrade. So yes. you can do that, and it'll tell you what what parts of it aren't ready, you know. So you can do that yep. for free. Just check Microsoft uh, Help Windows 11. And they did that for Windows 10 when Windows 10 was being released as well. And that app is actually, it, it was very reliable, very helpful, and very accurate. So, mm. uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be a, definitely be a good thing to do for an existing computer. All right, Damien, I believe you have some news for us Uh starting with yeah. something about CitizenCon. Yeah, so it's, it's a game I've been following since it was crowdfunded, and we've covered um, some machinima made with it over the last year. Um, Star Citizen, 
Um, so every year on the anniversary of when they were successfully funded, they do a an event called Citizen Con, and they usually hold it as a real world event. And I've never been to one personally, but they they do hold it a real world, and then they stream it online so people who can't make it can you know still watch it. And so last year they didn't hold it because of the pandemic, and then this year they decided just to have a, a virtual event, and. It reminded me very much of the Machinima Expo that we did towards the end of our run doing that, where it's all pre-recorded segments and they just play one after the other after the other. Um, so I thought it'd be interesting to see um, what they were going to announce and talk about because, like I said, we've been covering Machinima Major with it. So it's, and there are some very impressive videos that we've seen. So it's a good platform for it. So I want to know what else is going to come that would be helpful for people making Machinima. Um, and I can't see that they released any details of upcoming features that, that would be really helpful for people making Machinima. Um, there are some new planets that are going to that um, are being developed and are going to be added soon. So that's new environments to go and check out. Um, there's only a handful of places in the game, so this is a bigger variety. Uh, there's an, uh, a couple of new spaceships coming in, so again, more content to play around with for your Machinima films. And then the panels were more about how the game is being made. And there's some programming stuff, which I'm not going to go into too much because, to be honest, I didn't fully understand it because it's not really my area. But if you're interested in sort of programming that goes behind the scenes in the game, that's worth having a listen to. But there's a panel about how they build the environments. And that is a lot, there's a lot of crossover there between game development and machinery, especially if using a platform like iClone or Unreal or anything that lets you play around and build your own locations because you can see mm. um, how they bring in the content, how they design the pieces to fit together and all the um, things they do to make the environment look go from just a, a flat piece of grounds to um, they, they showed off this place with a mountain in the background and this yellow moss and all the rocks around it. And they kind of went to the, how they put all that together. And so that is worth watching just to get ideas on how, um, you know, how, how they did it, because then you can learn from that and incorporate it into your own um, films. Um, yep. so there's a few things like that. There's a sound design uh, thing that they were talking Ooh. about. I, I missed some of that, but Ricky, you might want to check that out. Okay. And Phil. Um, so, yeah, nothing really stood out as this is great news for Machinima. It's just this is kind of interesting and worth checking out if you want to learn more about game design and building things. Um, it was all done on Twitch, but each panel is now on their YouTube channel, so you don't have to watch the whole thing if you don't want to. You can just watch the bits that are relevant to. Oh, nice! Interest. Yeah, so we'll very useful. To, yeah, we'll put links to all that in the um, show notes, so you can check it out uh, down there. Good. Thanks, Damien. Damien, yeah. was there anything on the, the face over internet protocol stuff that they're using? You know, the facial uh, tracking that they're using through webcam and whatnot was there anything on that um they that didn't talk about it. to me yeah they, they didn't talk about it this year but they have previously they've talked about um i think they working with faceware mm. to uh to get that um but i think it's already incorporated into the game so it's not really new information for them to right talk about i do know that in the single player campaign they're using facial motion capture with the actors with these big helmets on and the Yes. The, the, um, the webcams are picking up. This. That's the same technology that players have access to uh, when they're talking multiplayer. Um, 
they gave it, gave it to these actors. So that's interesting to see. But they didn't show any of the single-player content yesterday. So, again, mm-hmm. I have no idea um, how far that's coming along. Hmm. Okay, thanks. That's right. And the other bit of news I had was about the Cinematic Captures Star Wars fan film contest. Uh, and um, there were a lot of live-action entries uh, i haven't watched all the entries because there's quite a few of them i've gone to quite a, there were uh, a lot yeah lot of them. yeah um what exactly what uh, i hadn't heard of it what exactly is it um so it's a contest by uh this youtube channel called cinematic captures and we've covered some of his videos on the uh, channel before because uh, he makes lots of unreal star wars videos and he decided to put together a fan film contest for people to make their own star wars fan films ah. uh, yeah uh, and it could be live action or animated it's entirely up to the filmmaker um, and he's worked with a couple of other YouTube people to be the judges and he'd reached out to companies um, like Nvidia and um, I can't remember the complete list of them but to, they basically sponsored the contest and provided um, uh, quite a lot of prizes so there was a contest that I entered sadly I didn't win but I don't mind winning, not winning because the film that did win is so good that I it's one of those ones you don't mind losing against it um, <laughs> um, and there were a lot of entries and I haven't had a chance to watch all of them but uh, the ones I have looked at they're really good so um, it's a, it was a tough competition which is it's good because it's the challenge and some of the ones I've seen have given me ideas of things that I need to step up my game just a little bit yeah yeah so some I'm of not, them were live action as well weren't they yeah um, there was a whole live action Section. Uh, prize, um, mm. which I didn't pay much attention to that prize because that wasn't what I was uh, mm. entering. Mm-hmm. But um, there was a live action film called Old Foes. And it's not the one that won, but what they did was there was two actors who recreated a scene from the animated series Star Wars Rebels, which is the final showdown between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul in the desert. And you think it's going to be this big action-packed dramatic lightsaber duel that Star Wars is famous for. It's three blows, mm-hmm. it's over in five seconds. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it, yeah. it was, they did it deliberately like that because it's meant to be a throwback to the samurai films that were inspired right. George Lucas. And right. so yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't really have elaborate sword fights, they just do it really quickly and it's over. So they wanted yeah. to try that with Star Wars. And there were a lot of fans who were upset because they wanted the big fight. They didn't expect mm-hmm. it to be over so quickly. And I think it actually worked better doing it differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that's so black you can't really see. Yeah, you have to get really close to oh, see the... It's very hard. <laughs> I can't make that one out at all. But I could make out a samurai sword, just a yeah. quick flash. Yeah. So it's interesting to see them taking an animated concept and then trying mm-hmm. to do it live action. I, you know, like you said, I wish they lit it better. And in the video where they're announcing the winners they actually said please like this better because we want to see it as well yeah, nobody could see it <laughs> <laughs> but the, but the thing that you see that what surprised me a little bit about that competition was things like best choreography and whatnot wasn't given to an animated film was it i think it was given to the live action, yeah it was given to a live action one which um yeah i think i was a little disappointed with the the dominant what i saw as dominance of live action even though you say the best film was um animated yeah the um i haven't spent a lot of time watching the live action ones because my focus was on the animated stuff mm. um 
there was there was um, a film called Convoy Strike, which was it's an animated film, and they've animated it in a way that looks like the model work that was used in the original films. Like you can tell it's CGI, but they've lit it. Everything, so all the pl- ships look like they're plastic yeah. in a way that, that those old models were, and they've got all the lighting and. And that's a look I've been trying to emulate myself in S the Empire. That's one of the reasons I started that project was to try and learn how to do that. Uh, and yeah. I, I do like that sort of because it's different. Because a lot of CGI, it's all shiny and things glow and everything. But no one tries to create the old style look. Um, so that that was an inspiring film for me. But the one that won is called Fallen Angel, and this is actually a machinima film because it was rendered in Unreal, and they used. Huh assets from some of EA's recent Star Wars games, uh, Fallen Order and Battlefront 2, to get the character models. Hmm. Uh, it's, um, it's basically Darth Vader goes to the tomb of Padme, and it's all raining, and it's got all this mist coming up, and you can see the ground, the rain's hitting the ground, and it looks really fantastic, and the footprints, and mm-hmm. He gets ambushed by some uh, rebel troopers, and you see the rain is just dripping down their faces and off their helmets. There's just so much detail went into this film that um, I almost chose it for my pick of this month. Um, and I'm almost regretting not doing that now, but we're going to link to it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. So you can check it out there. Um, it, 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 it's just such an incredibly made film, and it's mm. The facial animation from the troopers, obviously not Darth Vader so much, although he does take his helmet off, and you get to see a little bit of his expressions there when he's sort of kneeling down at the tomb. Um, and, yeah, it's it's just worth checking out. I don't want to say too much, because you have to watch it yourself and uh, mm. and see why it won. But it's definitely a, it deserved to win, so I, I'm glad that it got the uh, recognition there. And of all the live-action animated films of that contest I've seen so far, that it's better than all of the live action stuff. It is so good. Oh, that's great. Good. Yeah. So that's my news for this month. Thank oh, actually, you. I was going to say about the real Legends lip sync contest. I was uh-huh. hoping to be able to announce, to say who their, their winners were, but they haven't announced them yet. So we have to check back uh. next month. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. Ricky, you've got uh, a slew of news for us. Uh, why don't you fill us in? Sure thing. Uh, I'm, Try not to uh, uh, go on too long about it, but I do have some things I want to uh, share with you. A couple of them, interesting, turned uh, thematically turned out to be about um, technical improvements, basics of filmmaking that I came across, and uh, I'll share those as we go along. But the first news is um, uh, M. Strange's f- 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 feature film is coming out on October 27th. It's called M. Doll. He hasn't made a feature film since uh, 2014, and uh, he had essentially has sworn off doing feature films because they were just too hard, too too stressful, and he just didn't have fun making them anymore, so he quit, and he got involved in um, a game-making, coding in Unity, and the result was uh, him teaching himself how to code, and... Um, creating all sorts of games and including nightmare puppeteer and many others well the process of the of learning unity brought him to a new workflow for feature filmmaking uh, machinima style 
uh, real-time filmmaking. And he cut his uh, production time down from around 14 months of pretty much 50-hour weeks mm-hmm. to about four months from wow. script being done to finished product. And it's all shot in Unity. It's all real-time machinima. And um, one of the most interesting things that he's done with this film, it releases on Steam, by the way, on October 29th. And then about a couple weeks later, he's going to release it for free on YouTube and Vimeo and a couple other places. But one of the things he's done is he's added an element into when you watch the film, when you watch the film via Steam, um, you can stop the scene and go into the actual 3D scene itself Uh and walk around inside the scene. Wow. You can also continue to run the scene while you're in the scene watching it from a different perspective. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. To his knowledge, he doesn't know of any other company or Hollywood company that's made something like that before so he's really proud of that element he's also adding four separate soundtracks um three that he's commissioned and one that he's done himself and from experiencing we are the strange which was his first feature film which had six soundtracks which i listened to all i watched the movie six times with each different soundtrack and it's a different movie Oh my goodness. With a different soundtrack. Mm. Ser- seriously. Wow. Mm. So he's he's doing four separate soundtracks for this. And is that on the uh, DVD I'm, version of that, Ricky? That we are the yes, strange. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I yeah. never knew about that feature. I I have the DVD from back in the day. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. Yeah. I only watched yeah, it with whatever the default soundtrack is. Oh no, that completely changes. He's got one that's just a noise soundtrack. That <sighs> is just crazy. It's just mechanical noise it's just crazy but i think uh, and by the way i'm uh uh, for this month of november we're doing a um, interview with him i did a long interview with him about m doll and also uh, nightmare puppeteer and he talks a little bit about the production process and how he uh, ended up moving from cinema 4d models that he created himself to Daz Studio models that were already made. In fact, he he told me that he made no original content for this film. Huh. M doll, everything was taken, and that was part of the part of the reason why the production uh, went so so quickly. Is that he was able sure. to take stuff, and then also he could do iterations. You know, he would have he created a big uh, render farm, and he would make adjustments and then render overnight, and then work on it the next morning. Well, in Unity, he could make an adjustment and see it within seconds. Mm. Right. So he could yeah. fix stuff and then do things that he couldn't do before. So he's really excited. And one of the things that I noted. Now, the title of this film is M-Doll because it uses a major character, one of the central characters from We Are the Strange. I think in a way it's it's a kind of reworking of We Are the Strange, but done in machinima style. Hmm. And uh, he, you know, he, I mentioned that to him and he, yeah, he thought that was, that was about right. So anyway, October 29th, Steam, we'll have a link on it. Make sure you check it out. Uh, and related to that is a uh, 
walkthrough of using the Unity game engine to create movies and animated sequences. It's an updated uh, version of uh, uh, a presentation that was made at Unity Unite in 2017 in Austin, Texas. Uh, it's updated for Unity 2019.2, which is one of the most recent ones. It's a really good... Um, Matthew Miller was the guy who did it, and it's a really interesting um, uh, introduction to how to use Unity to make Machinima. It's about 30 minutes long, so it's not it doesn't take a lot of your time, and it covers all of the main spots of the production process. So if you're interested in using Unity as a way of making Machinima, this is a good way to do it. Another uh, thing that I did that I discovered on the uh, process of making films was a really good presentation by an artist named OK Samurai. He's the sort of spokesperson for Adobe Character Creator. Um, excuse me, Adobe Character Animator. Uh, it, it's a 2D motion capture um, software that Adobe has started about three years ago, which I, I got onto it immediately. And uh, I love it. It's, it has grown so much, and the community has grown so much. Well, he did a, a, a YouTube presentation. It's about an hour long, and it's called The Complete Cartoon Workflow. And it takes you from uh, the start of, with the script all the way through to the end after you've created the characters and you put it all together. Well, the latter part of the presentation isn't applicable to uh machinima because it's an it's a 2d process as opposed to a 3d but the first 15 minutes is about how to structure your project how to create your script how to organize your script how to lay it out so that you can get your uh start work working on it and that's the best presentation i have ever seen of that process and i think it's an invaluable tool for um anybody who wants to make a machinima film because it lays out how to set up your bible for what you're working on, how to structure your script, how to how to uh, create your characters and organize them in ways that, that work in the workflow. So I recommend the complete uh, cartoon workflow, the first 15 minutes uh, for Adobe Character Animator. It's on YouTube. Um, we'll put a link to it. Um, Excellent. And the last two things that I'd like to mention is there one problem that I noticed in films as I've been watching over the last several months is screen direction now we all of us including the listeners to this have been watching watch so many films and so many television shows that we've inherently uh, just sort of understand elements of filmmaking that we may not be able to name so most people understand this without even knowing it. However, I think it's a good thing to review for filmmakers, and that's screen direction. A character enters from the left, exits on the right. Where do they come in next time? Because if you get it the, the wrong way, you're going to confuse the viewer, and they're not going to know what's going on. It's about continuity. So um, Jukala Art Community did a very nice screen direction presentation and what um they do is he he draws everything as he's explaining it um and it's really effective so i i very much recommend that um, um that tutorial it's a youtube jukla art community and the last uh piece of news i have is that it's the continuing coverage of omniverse omniverse has added a particle system now to their 
uh, Omniverse Universe. It's a pretty neat particle system. There's a good tutorial that we'll link to on how to get started with it. And it made me think that I think one of the things that Omniverse, NVIDIA Omniverse is, it's, in a way, they put it out a little too soon. They didn't put it out as a finished product. They put it out as an ongoing product. And that has advantages in that you get community response and you get people, and a lot of, many people are excited about it. So there's lots of response to it. So they get ideas and it, it allows them to develop in ways that if they were by themselves, they may not consider it. Uh, so I, I, I can see the advantages of it, but it makes it hard for, say, for machinima filmmakers because it's still the level of difficulty is too high for most filmmakers. Um, but I do want to report that they are growing. They're, they are keeping their word about adding new things, and the particle system is the newest uh, addition to it. And that's my news for this this month. Yeah, that Omniverse thing is uh, uh, it's 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 a very interesting development. I haven't gotten to to uh, play with it because I don't have the right uh, hardware for it yet. But uh, yeah, it does it does look very interesting, and uh, uh, would be be encouraged to see additional developments with it. Right. No, no one does at the moment, though, do, do they? Because the RTX system is like. Uh, Hen's teeth to collect at the moment, is it? Yes. Not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. challenging. Uh, yeah. Which is going to make, you know, the 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 way that they're trying to lock people into that that system because it's a platform, really. It's not a. Yes. It's never going to be a finished product. It's always going to be um, a shell for other things, mm -hmm. um, but tied to the hardware or the, or the well, hardware and software. The hardware mm. is kind but of the key to it. True, but I think NVIDIA has been one of the leading companies in allowing and putting a lot of their stuff to open source mm -hmm. and appealing to the open source community. So yeah. while there's an underlying motive for profit, um, there's also maybe not quite equal to it, but there's still a strong motive to share their information and to uh, share it with the open source community. And the key, key to its... Um Future longevity, I think, is the open standards um, strategy that they've got for it. Yes, yes. Which um, means that it is, um, you know, open to lots of other um, connecting yes. uh, platforms yes. as well. So that's that's its that's its future. But the hardware yeah. issue isn't going away at the moment. I think that's, no. that's what's going to restrict it for the time being. I and agree. It will become frustrating. It will eventually become very frustrating and, it, and it's at yeah, that it point could, what happens that that will be quite interesting i think yeah because yep. you could they could develop into a really powerful tool but no one can use it because they still can't get the graphics yeah, cards exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. because i can i can tell you that when i first uh, fired up uh the first version of omniburst it wouldn't work with the graphics card i had and i had a good card mm -hmm. in it i had to upgrade to an entirely new card in order to get it to work Yes, indeed. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our news for this episode. Um, thank you to my co-hosts, Ricky, Tracy, and Damien. Uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Cheerio. Bye. -bye. Cheerio. Bye.